Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. It's been just over a month since Major League Baseball's originally scheduled opening day. The season remains delayed by the coronavirus pandemic, however. We still do not have an official start date. There's a lot of plans being formulated, a lot of people talking about potential possibilities of opening the season in one location, three locations, June, July. But as of right now, there is no official plan yet. Halfway around the world, though, South Korea's major professional league is about to get going. The Korean baseball organization has begun playing exhibition games. Their opening day is set for May 5th. And there's a number of ex-major league baseball players and American players currently playing in the KBO who have been a part of the league's preparations for playing amidst the coronavirus pandemic. One of those players is Drew Rusinski, the former Angels, Twins, and Marlins pitcher. He is currently a pitcher for the NC Dinos in the KBO. He pitched for them in 2019. He's returning for his second season in 2020. He's been in South Korea since March 7th. The NC Dinos actually had spring training in the United States. They were training in Tucson, Arizona at the old Rockies facility. They returned to South Korea on March 7th, and Drew has been there since then. Drew has already pitched in two exhibition games. He's getting ready for opening day on May 5th, and he was kind enough to join us to share with us what his experience has been like pitching in front of no fans, going to and from the ballpark while getting his temperature checked, and just how South Korea is getting baseball going and what the process currently is over there. Drew, thank you so much for joining us. You've pitched two exhibition games already. Pitching in these exhibition games without fans, without the traditional ballpark atmosphere, how different has it been? Uh, it is different. It's kind of weird because the fans are such a big part of the game here in Korea. Our fans are typically like, it's crazy. No matter the score, the fans are going wild. Uh, they're super supportive. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot different. It, it, it definitely still kind of feels like practice. And it, it'll be weird to open a season without fans. Um, hopefully things improve and we can have fans at some point in the future here. Uh, KBOs uh, hopefully can figure that out, how to make that work. I know, obviously, when you're on the mound, you're dialed in, you're focused on the catcher and what you need to do to execute your pitch. But a lot of times, when you first walk out there, that first inning, the heartbeat, you feel it going, you feel the adrenaline in the stadium. Do you still get that pregame adrenaline rush without the fans? Um, yeah, I, I think the first few games, for sure, you still will. It'll be exciting to finally be out and uh, playing a meaningful game. That adrenaline's still going to be there. Now, will it stay throughout the season without fans there? That's, that's a real question. I don't know. That's going to be tough. I hope they can find a way to put fans in the stands just to continue that adrenaline. Um, and just that they're so, so supportive here. Like, if you get in a tough spot, they're, the whole stadium is chaining your name to kind of get you going. So, like, I'm going to miss that aspect of it if they can't get fans here. A lot of times with the crowd noise going on, you're not able to hear everything. Are you more aware of everything going on around you, your surroundings on the field? Well, there's not a whole lot of English being spoken besides from, like, my translator. So, like, if my translator's in the dugout cheering, I pick him out, like, no problem. <laughs> so it is kind of weird to, like, be able to pick that out when you're out there on the field. Um, our dugout is really loud still, and I think they will still probably play 
um, like the fight songs for the players when they walk up to the plate. And I believe that they're still trying to have our cheerleaders there. So there will be some noise. It just is going to be a lot different than 20,000 people going crazy and just having music over the, the, the broadcast in the stadium. Does it affect your performance in any way, the lack of crowd noise? You mentioned that adrenaline or that fifth inning push from the fans, anything like that? Um, we'll see. I, I hope it doesn't. I hope I can still like, I hope I can still get that adrenaline going and get that excitement um, going no matter without fans, with or without fans. Um, but I, I, you know, I wish they were there. I think it helps with the fans there. So you went over to the KBO last year. You came back for a second season this year. Now your team was participating in spring training down in Tucson. You guys returned to South Korea on March 7th, right when everything yep. was really starting to explode a little bit. Getting back into the country, did you have to undergo a coronavirus test? Did you have to do a 14-day quarantine? What was that like getting back into South Korea? So it was kind of crazy because we were actually talking about trying to stay in the States longer because coronavirus wasn't that big a deal when we were in Tucson. It was a major deal here. It was really starting to become a, an issue here. And honestly, when we came to the country, we had to wear masks in the airport. Incheon Airport, the Seoul Airport, is one of the most busy airports in the world. Every time we've been there previously, it's crowded. And it was kind of eerie when we went there that we were maybe – us and a couple other flights were the only people in the airport. But we really didn't have to do a whole lot. We put our masks on as soon as we got on the airplane, even in Tucson, everyone put, our, put a mask on. Uh, the team provided us with those. They were able to get some actually in the United States before we left. Um, but we didn't have to do, we went through like customs and everything. They took our temperature, like the, the thermal imaging took our temperature and we had to answer like a questionnaire if we experienced any symptoms in the past 14 days or if we'd been to any other countries kind of pretty standard stuff um, but at that time like I said it was more so people worried about South Koreans leaving South Korea than it was people coming into South Korea and we were a little nervous to come here too at the time like this was it was the country with maybe the one of the most most amount of cases um, but they've done a fantastic job here the cases from when we got here to now hasn't even gone up that much so uh, we were actually kind of fortunate uh, to get here when we did. As an American in Arizona at the time, did you give any thoughts of staying in the U.S.? Because you mentioned on that date, the U.S. seemed to be in better shape than South Korea. Our team thought of so many different options. They were trying to find facilities where we could potentially stay at. Um, I know about half the teams did let their American guys um, either stay in America or if they were spring training in like Australia, some of the guys actually did go home um, until things kind of got straightened out. Uh, but we were fortunate enough that we got here to our city, Changwon, and things were very safe here. It actually turned out to be a great move uh, because the, about half of the teams that the guys came later actually came late enough where Korea had mandated a 14-day quarantine when those guys got here. So they kind of had to shut down all their spring training activities when they first got back to Korea. Do you have a wife and family? Are they there with you? My wife is here with me, yes. I'm very fortunate she's here with me. She keeps me sane every day. and keeps. Uh, I have someone to talk to every night, and it's great, great that she's here. Yeah, because you mentioned a couple of the players who came later were subject to a full coronavirus test, a 14-day quarantine. A lot of them, their spouses did not come in part just because how things changed in just in those two weeks. What's that been like? I was talking to other American players who maybe weren't able to get their spouse there with them. You know, I, I think everyone's just trying to do what they think is best for their family. Um, hopefully at some point, everyone can get the family together. Um, I know like some of them have little kids and it's kind of dangerous. You don't want to be traveling and, and potentially risking infection. So right now it's, it's kind of just play it by ear, see what happens. Hopefully things improve and uh, 
go where you, go what you do what you can do. Got back into the country. The league shut down originally. Opening day was supposed to take place a few months ago. Got pushed to yes. May fifth. What have you been doing in the interim to get ready before the exhibition games really got ramped up? So we would do similar to what we were doing in spring training. We practice three or four days on and have a day off. Um, we've been playing some inter-squad games uh, when we can or against our minor league guys here. Um, but it was difficult because we, it, even though we've had like three months to prepare for the start of the season, it seems like a really long spring training, it's kind of snuck up on us because you don't really know when it's going to start. Like originally we were told like, oh, it's moved back to like April 7th, then it was April 21st, then it was May 1st, finally May 5th. We're like, all right. Um, but so then, then they only schedule practice games against other teams. I think April 21st was our first one, and we only play those every other day. Well, you have five starters when you're playing every other day. That's 10 days just to get each of your starters an outing. So, like, the, then the question was is how much do you really build up because we're not sure when this official date is. So we would kind of throw two, three innings every seven or eight days, try to stay kind of ready and not throw too much because we know this is going to be a long season whenever we do get going. Um, so it, it was, it was kind of difficult to like judge how much to actually build up. And it, it's definitely going to surprise some of the guys how fast it finally is here. Um, hopefully the guys that have done the quarantine not too long ago aren't playing catch up all season. Hopefully they can get, get built up and be ready to go. In terms of your two exhibition games, have you felt built up? You know, I, I felt okay. I, I've been, my first outing, I was fortunate enough where I, I, they were swinging and we got a lot of early outs. So I, I went through five innings and like 60 some pitches. So that was easy. Um, this last one, I kept it short because it's my last one before the season. I threw most of my pitches in the bullpen, and we had another starter to throw that day, too. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Do I think I can go nine innings opening day? Probably not, but I don't know if that was the plan anyway. So um, it, it should be okay. Uh, we should be all right. So in terms of when you get to the stadium, what's the procedure been like in terms of getting temperature taken? What's that process? So everyone wears masks here everywhere anyways. There, South Korea was very prepared for that, and it's part of daily life kind of before, so everyone really accepted that right away. It's almost like seen as disrespectful not to have your mask on. Um, so everyone wears a mask pretty much everywhere you go. Um, when we get to the field, there originally when we first started, um, you had to, they have all the hand sanitizer and everything, and you take your own temperature, and we would check in and write on a piece of paper what our temperature was, what time we got there and everything. And then we had to check in again in our training room. Um, now they've kind of streamlined the process. There's a thermal camera that actually takes our picture and records it on the laptop. And it reads out your temperature right on the screen. And now you can use that temperature to check in on the paper. Um, and as long as your temperature is not above 37 and a half Celsius, they, uh, you're good to go for the day. So um, it's kind of gotten easy there. Um, we are expected to wear masks pretty much everywhere except on the field. Um, some guys maybe in the weight room let it slide a little bit, but for the most part, anywhere we're at, we have a mask on. So even in the clubhouse, you're wearing a mask? Yes, yes. In terms of the temperature, you mentioned as long as you're at that certain threshold, you're okay. Mm -hmm. If you're above that threshold, have you seen anyone test above that? What, what happened? So we had, a, I think on our early, like middle of March, we had, I believe, a minor league guy that was um, over that threshold and actually it was a staff member that was in actually in our stadium uh they immediately canceled practice for the day she went and got tested they um completely disinfected our whole stadium our clubhouse everything um we waited till we got the results of the test the next day when it was negative 
um, we went back to practice like normal. Um, I believe she was quarantined for the 14 days. Then I think later, like early, kind of mid-April, um, one of the staff uh, came in with a fever. Didn't even actually come into the building. I think they went, he thought he was feeling bad. They checked his temperature actually out in the parking garage. Um, but the same thing, they shut our practice down for the day, waited to get test results the next day. Uh, tested negative, so we went back to practice. Um, I don't think he did the full 14-day quarantine at that point. They're kind of more um, realizing if you don't have it, there's not a whole lot of risk of spreading anything to anybody. So, But even just the temperature being too high, even without a positive test, they're shutting everything down just at the first sign of an elevated temperature. Yeah, they were. They were definitely. Anytime someone had a temperature, our practice was done for the day. It happened to us twice, and I know a few other teams in the league have gone through that as well, where there was a a player with potential symptoms, they shut down for the day, completely disinfect the clubhouse, everything, uh, and then go from there once they get the test results. You mentioned the thermal imaging. Is that every day, both when you walk in and leave the clubhouse? Hall? Yes, uh, when you walk in, yes, it's, it's right there. It's uh, through the one door we can get into the clubhouse, so it's always there. Um, we're checking in with it every time we go by. Are you also getting checked on the way out of the stadium or just in? Um, it is, it checks you on the way out. Like it'll take your imaging. If you want to stand there and see what it is, you can check yourself. Um, we were required until recently this last week to actually check out in the training room every day. Um, but that's kind of not as, as important as it is now with the camera there. In terms of in the clubhouse and the dugouts, how much actual distancing are you having to practice from your teammates? Because it's not always easy. That's it's hard because, like, yeah, when you're when you put thirty some guys in the dugout, how far apart can you really get? It's uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we're trying not to do the high fives. We're doing our best on that. Like we're kind of doing like the elbow bump kind of thing, uh, doing our best to, to avoid high fives. Um, but that's tough because every time in Korea you come into the dugout after an inning. Everyone, everyone's at the steps waiting for you to come into the dugout. Want to, you want to give them a high five. So that's, that's hard to like refrain from that. Um, but yeah, I mean, once we're on the field, it's hard to maintain any distance. It's kind of business as usual once we're on the field. And then in the clubhouse, because the, you mentioned the strict social distancing guidelines. Are those waived for once you're in the weight room in the clubhouse on the field? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely more of a normal atmosphere because we've been together the whole camp all spring training all practice and everything here in korea it's it's still kind of business as normal once we're in the clubhouse when you're outside everyone keeps their distance um the best you can uh you know it, it's almost a little sad here right now because typically if a fan sees me or kids in my apartment complex here sees me they want to run up ask for an autograph and and maybe take a picture with you and right now, like, everyone's kind of like, oh, hey, like, we'll say hi, but no one kind of, like, everyone kind of keeps their space. We're not taking pictures with the fans right now, really signing any autographs. And I hope that can get to a point where we get to do that again. It's a lot of fun to see the smiles on kids' faces, and uh, hopefully we get to get, get to that point again. Absolutely. Like you said, it's one of the, the normal routine things, and it's, it's always mm -hmm. fun to engage with fans. Yes. You know, high fives, you know, high fives, spitting. I mean, those are things you just – do you know even thinking about yeah. if you play baseball at any age how difficult has it been to almost like decondition yourself from doing those <laughs> things it's really hard I mean I run into the dugout after pitching an inning and like my first instinct is like all right fist bump high five I'm like oh sorry <laughs> like try to maybe use my glove instead and it's, it's it's tough it's that's kind of just ingrained in us uh, I mean it's been part of our game for a long time yeah the letter of the law as it's written for the KBO, does say high fives are forbidden, spitting yeah. is forbidden. How much is that actually being enforced? 
I haven't seen any like reprimands for guys maybe giving a high five. Spitting, I have maybe a couple of our American guys will struggle with that, but our Korean players don't really spit. It's not really a, that big of an issue. Um, I, I don't think it'll be too big of an issue, any of that stuff. I don't think anyone will have to be reprimanded for it. Everyone does their best to, to follow the rules here. Um, just in general, the whole culture is very respectful of the rules of following the social distancing and whatever is asked of them. In terms of testing and, and really the contact tracing via cell phones, have you had any experience with that yet while you've been over there? Uh, you know, personally, I haven't, but I know like contact tracing is a big thing here. So like we get alerts, uh, like government alerts on our phone all the time. And they're even like, there's a speaker in my apartment ceiling. Like if something's going on, they announce it. Like even in our clubhouse, like they'll the clubhouse everywhere in the field, there's speakers that if something's happening in the city, it will make an announcement. Everyone will hear it. Um, if that does come on, I apologize. You'll hear it. <laughs> I can't get no problem. I can't stop. Um, but I, I know like there hasn't been a whole lot of cases in Changwon, but like if there was a case, they would send us an alert and it was like this person went to McDonald's and the movie theater in this city and this is where they've been. If you've been in any of those similar areas of this time frame, quarantine yourself. Um, so it's it's yeah, they're pretty uh, on on top of it. If someone does have have it or even thinks to have it, they're uh, tracing where you've been and informing everyone uh, that you've come in contact with. How often are you getting those alerts on your phone? You know, they're coming in. They were coming in multiple times a day. Uh, recently, I think we just had one this morning, but it was about something else. It was about potential for like wildfires. I believe it was dry here right now. So um, it's kind of slowed down a little bit in the past couple of weeks. But when we were first here, it was probably seven, eight times a day there was alerts coming in to be aware of stuff. It wasn't necessarily in our city. It was just like reminders of wear your masks, wash your hands, like this kind of like general reminders to, to be respectful of the, of the risk of infection. Obviously, you're a professional. You've pitched in the major leagues. You're a veteran. You know what to do. But even with that, was it tough to really focus on baseball 100%, getting seven day health where today, oh, have I been here? Did this happen? Like, <laughs> constantly on your mind. Uh, I think that wasn't so much on my mind. The, the fact that it was on my mind was like, are we just going to practice forever? Are we going to actually get somewhere? Like, <laughs> so I think that was more on my mind. I, I felt pretty safe in where we're at. Our city... I'm in Changwon, which is, is still a city of like a million people, but it's not, it's not Seoul. Like Seoul is a giant city. We're considered more of like a rural area compared to like the, some of the, like Seoul, like a giant city there. Um, so like really, we've been fortunate. We weren't like stuck in the house. I know people back home have been inside for five or six weeks now, like quarantined in their house. And we've been fortunate here. We've been able pretty much to go about our normal daily life. The only thing that's really we've seen kind of shut down here it's like large social social gatherings like there's a cherry blossom festival here is kind of a big deal like when all the cherry trees bloom and that's the only thing we've really seen shut down um they actually had it like gated off where you couldn't get in there it's usually like a big like street food kind of fair like a fair atmosphere almost and that was completely shut down but otherwise like restaurants businesses for the most part seem to be open whether that's above the board or below the board i'm not entirely sure but they're open um, there's just been a lot less people out and in these places and, and yesterday was really nice out and we, it has kind of seemed like more and more people have been out um, out and about and hopefully that's the case uh, there's I believe the guidelines are supposed to kind of ease off May 5th here and that's kind of why we're picked May 5th to start so hopefully hopefully it just keeps improving like that and life kind of gets back to normal here 
When those restrictions lift, if you will, do you expect people to start, you mentioned keeping away from, you know, the fans or people who want your autograph and keeping that distance. Do you think that'll kind of go away as well? Do you expect to be interacting with people once that's lifted? I do more once it's lifted. I think it'll be a slow progress. I think uh, until there's actually fans in the stands, I, there'll be less fans out and about out of the stadium for me to interact. Um, I think slowly you'll see people back to a more normal life, like interacting with me, coming up to me. Um, hopefully, hopefully that's sooner rather than later. <laughs> One of the things you mentioned earlier was the cheerleaders and not that there's a ton of interaction in the first place, but is it a situation too? You mentioned your teammates from the clubhouse together, you know them, there, there's some level of familiarity you can keep with them, but people who are at the stadium, whether it's cheerleaders or, you know, broadcast professionals, what's that difference like in terms of being more strict about, Hey, I got to keep six feet away from you. So in our dugout, Everyone that's not a player, even during games, coaches, trainers, translators, all have to wear a mask and gloves. The front office has been – anyone that's kind of in the front office has been very separated from us this year. So, like, we pretty much haven't had any interaction, and I don't think we will anytime soon. Um, normally, like, we have a cafeteria, and even, like, all the front office will be in the cafeteria eating team meals with us. It's only been players and coaches only eating, eating meals with us in the cafeteria. Even in the cafeteria – we've removed all the chairs from one side of the table. So everyone eats facing the same direction. Um, just kind of interesting little stuff like that, that they've kind of thought about. Um, yeah, we haven't had a whole lot of interaction with, with anybody, but the players are trying to limit it as much as they can to, to keep it just our guys in there. You have a translator, obviously, just because the language barrier, what's mm -hmm. that been like you talking to your translator a couple of feet away, he's trying to relate to the coaches a couple of feet away. What's that? Ah, <laughs> uh, nah, with, with the, the coaches and translators, we're living pretty normal life. Like it's not, it's not been that bad. It's, sometimes it gets hard to hear because he has a mask, my translator has a mask on all the time, but, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's been pretty normal. Like we're not trying to, they're not specifically like trying to stay so far apart. We, we're running life pretty normal as far as that goes. I kind of think like the, the okay. baseball family, like they're almost like your family, right? Like you, you can do social distance with everyone else. Once you're at the field, your baseball family, I think we're a little bit closer. So have you had a mountain visit yet during one of your exhibition games? I haven't yet. Okay. Um, but I think they'll be running fairly normal. The, the coach and translator probably come out with a mask on. But other than that, um, the umpires are wearing masks on the field. Um, other than that, stuff's pretty normal. Overall, as we approach opening day here, obviously you're very excited. I know it's something you guys have been waiting for for a while. Um, just what's, what's your overall thoughts been on, on the experience of being over there during this time and, and how they've managed it from a baseball perspective? You know, it, it's, it's incredible that we're even at this point where we're going to play considering where we could be. I mean, it's just kind of crazy to think like when we left the U.S., we're like, man, should we be staying here? Like things seem better here. And now we're over here and we're getting ready to play baseball. And I'm not 100% sure there's even going to be baseball in the U.S. this year. Uh, so. I think the KBO has, has handled it. They really want to play. Um, the government has kind of maybe slowed them down even a little bit, getting too excited to play. Um, but that's in the best interest. I mean, there's been less than, I think the past week, there's been under 10 case, new cases a day in, in South Korea, but, and they've extended their social distancing guidelines. So it's a lot different than what we're seeing in the U.S. where cases may even still be going up and states are trying to reopen. So um, they've handled it with the best they can with the knowledge that they have. Um, 
I think the general attitude of the people here has been tremendously helpful in handling everything here. Um, the acceptance to wear masks, the acceptance to uh, socially distance, like all that, it's been great. And um, hopefully it really is finally paying off. We get to get out and play and uh, have a good season. Having gone through this experience already, what advice would you give to American players who are still sitting and waiting? <laughs> do your best to stay ready to go. It comes quick once they finally do say, say, hey, let's go. Like it's it's a little bit a little bit different here. Like it's kind of just I mean, it's the baseball attitude in general. You just always have to be ready to go. Like it be ready. They might say go pick it up and be ready. Absolutely. All right. Well, Drew, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, we obviously wish you all the best over there, both baseball-wise and health-wise, and uh, we look forward to seeing how you do this season once uh, the regular season gets underway. Awesome. Thank you so much. And anytime you want to know anything about Korea, check on in. I appreciate it. Once again, that was former Angels, Twins, and Marlins pitcher Drew Brusinski, who's now a starting pitcher for the NC Dinos in the KBO, providing us with some insight just about what the process is like over there in terms of entering and exiting the stadium, daily life, and how baseball is getting back underway there. Potentially give us a hint as to what things look like here in the United States once the coronavirus is corralled a little bit more. Uh, but we're very, very thankful for Drew coming on and joining us. And one thing I talked with him about after the interview was done recording that I thought was interesting, he talked about that while there's a little bit of baseball fraternity and you can stay somewhat close to your teammates, when you pass players from other teams in the hall and the bowels of the stadium, you kind of keep your distance. You're not doing a lot of talking because you don't know where they've been. I thought that was an interesting dynamic that within the baseball fraternity, it applies to players on your own team. But as soon as you're dealing with players on the opposing team, you're really not talking to them. You are keeping your distance. There's not a lot of the interaction that we take for granted in the Major League Baseball or really any other league where players a lot of times know each other, have history together. So that is one difference and uh, something that we kind of take for granted. But it's definitely interesting how this has changed the dynamic. Once again, keep it here at Baseball America for all the latest news about what's going on in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. Majors, minors, international, the draft, we've got it covered top to bottom. New issue is still coming out on newsstands in a couple weeks, our draft preview issue, which will feature the top 500 draft prospects, as well as updates from the world of baseball all around, just in terms of where things stand in regards to the coronavirus. Once again, thank you to Drew Rusinski for joining us. For Drew, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening, everybody. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.